0: Hello and welcome to the podcast edition of Scripps 5 Must Know Things, this time for the Business Week ended 6th October 2023. This is Ian Haydock. This time, Lily's Radio Pharmaceutical Buy, Strong Third Quarter for Biotech Financing, Novartis's Nephropathy Results, USICER Runs Cost Analysis on First Batch of Drugs, and the Outlook for US FDC oversight of Biopharma M&A. Eli Lilly continued a year of strategic bolt-on acquisitions on 3rd October, with the planned buyout of the radiopharmaceutical company Point Biopharma Global, with a tender offer it expects to total around $1.4 billion. The deal marks Lilly's move into radio ligand therapies for cancer, and Point's early-stage pipeline and its isotope supply chain seem to have driven it. As Point has already outlicensed a pair of late-stage radiopharmaceutical candidates, it is positioning to compete with Novartis's Lutathera and Pluvicto, Joseph Haas writes. Lilly compared the transaction to previous moves to further its pipeline and capabilities in small molecule and biologic therapies for cancer, noting that in recent years, well designed radiopharmaceuticals have been integrated into the standard of care and brought meaningful benefits to patients. Lily added that radiopharmaceuticals will provide another modality for addressing hard to treat cancers. Point's pipeline includes the Phase 3 candidates PNT2002, a prostate specific membrane antigen for patients with metastatic castration resistant prostate cancer, and PNT2003 a somatostatin receptor radioligand therapy for gastroenteropancreatic neuroendocrine tumours. Analysts said much of the value of the deal might come from earlier stage candidates that will use easier to handle actinium-225 as a payload, which is an alpha emitter that is generally safer to store and handle than radioisotope-based products using lutetium-177. If the deal closes, it will be Lilly's fifth M&A transaction of 2023 and its third with an upfront value of at least $1 billion. Biopharma is going public again. That is the unmistakable trend throughout the year so far. Indeed, it has been clear since the spring of 2022. And the third quarter saw the most cash raised by floating biotech companies since the end of 2021. Totaling $1.3 billion, Elizabeth Cairns writes. This is a rosy picture until you look at how these companies have done on the stock markets since their IPOs. The eight companies that went public in the third quarter have lost 29% of their value on average, though even this is an improvement on those that floated in the second quarter. And all the action is in the US, with precisely zero biopharma IPOs occurring in Europe in 2023. The article tracks IPOs of biopharma companies on Western stock exchanges, excluding large spin-outs such as Kenview from Johnson & Johnson, so as to concentrate on younger companies seeking growth capital. Underlining the resurgence in the third quarter is the emergence of the largest offerings of the year. The fates of these companies, however, have diverged sharply. Apogee Therapeutics raised $345 million in July in an upsized offering, and was able to price at the top end of its pre-announced range. This is despite its most advanced asset, an IL-13 inhibitor known as APG777, having not, at that point, entered phase 1. Its first human trial started subsequently, in the lead indication of atopic dermatitis. Data are due in 2024, as is the initiation of a phase 2 trial, and expectations are clearly high. Apogee's share price has climbed by 25% since its float. Also doing nicely is Rays Bio, whose upsized $358 million float also went out at the top of its range. The group develops Radio Pharmaceuticals, an area that has suddenly become white-hot. Witness Genentech's large deal with Peptidream and Eli Lilly's larger purchase of Point Biopharma Global. The mixed performance of the recent debutants makes it hard to judge what might await biotech companies that are planning an IPO. None has stated their intention to float, perhaps wary of the caprices of the public market. Perhaps the success of early stage groups like Apogee bodes well for the final quarter of 2023, but floating is always a bit of a gamble, and with investors punishing missteps heavily, those companies that do go public will have to be very confident. That Novartis' IgA nephropathy or IGAN candidate, Iptacopan, hit on proteinuria in its phase three trial is good news as far as it goes, but that is not very far. Without the extent of the product's success over placebo having been disclosed, it's hard to gauge the drug's effectiveness versus its peers. The hit ought to be good enough to secure accelerated approval for Iptacopan in the kidney disease, but Novartis' chance of translating this into full approval rests on a harder endpoint, estimated glomerular filtration rate, Elizabeth Cairns writes. Iptakopan's hopes of succeeding on this measure are particularly hard to call, thanks to the disparate showings of the two more advanced IGAN therapies. These are Cliditas Therapeutics, Tarpeo and Travia Therapeutics, Phil Spari. Both gained accelerated approval in the US in IGAN, Based on reductions in proteinuria in their respective Phase 3 trials, Tarpeo managed 34% and Filspari 50%. But only Cliditas' drug produced a statistically significant improvement in EGFR. It has filed for full US approval and this could be granted towards the end of the year. Filspari's chances look dicier. Despite its greater proteinuria reduction than Tarpeo, Travier admitted a few weeks ago that the confirmatory endpoint had missed statistical significance. Company intends to seek full approval anyway, based partly on a secondary endpoint. So far, Novartis has said only that ipitacaban has shown a clinically meaningful and highly significant proteinuria reduction over placebo in the phase 3 applause IgAN trial, but the actual margin is still under wraps. And since, clearly, a hit on proteinuria does not necessarily translate into a hit on EGFR, it is hard to predict how well Iptakopan might do as applause IGAN heads to its final readout next year. In the meantime, Novartis is confident of accelerated approval based on the proteinuria showing, and it could also soon see proteinuria results with another candidate. The acquisition of Chinook Therapeutics for $3.2 billion in June Netted is two therapies in development for IGAN, the endothelin A receptor inhibitor atracentan and the anti April antibody zika-kibart. Proteinuria data on the former from the Phase 3 ALIGN trial are imminent and are one of Scripps' picks of the most important catalysts in the coming months. The Institute for Clinical and Economic Review in the U.S. is eager to help the U.S. Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services navigate the intricacies of implementing a new drug price negotiation program. ICER has long-run price and value assessments for drugs as an independent non-profit organization and has gained some influence in the U.S. when it comes to drug pricing and the formulary negotiation process between drug manufacturers and insurers. Now, Jessica Merrill writes, ICER is hoping to use the experience it's gained to guide CMS through a more formal process. ICER conducted an evidence assessment on two of the drugs selected by CMS for the first round of drug price negotiations, Pfizer and Bristol-Myers Squibb's Eliquis and Bayer and Johnson & Johnson's Xarelto and submitted the findings to CMS as part of the public comment process. ICER said it hoped the report would help build CMS, build a reliable and transparent drug price negotiation programme, which remains a controversial process. Several drug makers, most recently Novo Nordisk, have sued over the legality of the programme, although so far the programme is moving forward. A judge in one case filed by the US Chamber of Commerce denied a motion to dismiss and a motion for a preliminary injunction something some legal experts have viewed as the fastest way to stall the program. As the US government starts engaging in drug price negotiations, CMS faces the challenge of evaluating a large evidence base of integrating considerations regarding unmet need and other factors to arrive at price targets for negotiation, ICER explained in a statement. But that is exactly what the non-profit cost-effectiveness watchdog does. ICER announced in July that it would undertake the work, back before Eliquis and Xarelto were formally selected by CMS, but focused on those two drugs because they were expected to be picked and because they are similar drugs approved for similar indications that could be analysed with a single model. While CMS has released extensive guidance on what drug makers should expect from the negotiation programme, much remains uncertain about how the actual price negotiations will unfold. CMS just released the names of the first 10 drugs selected for negotiation in late August. The Inflation Reduction Act, which introduced the Drug Price Negotiation Programme, allows CMS to consider comparative effectiveness information in the negotiation process but prohibits the use of Cost Per Quality Adjusted Life Year, or QALY, a metric that is frequently used by ICER, and other value assessment groups to measure how well different treatments lengthen or improve patients' lives. ICER, in its report on Eliquis and Xarelto, used a different metric in keeping with guidance from CMS. The modeling relied on Equal Value Life Year, or EVLY, an alternative measure that values all life-extending treatment effects equally for all patients, regardless of pre-existing disability or age. The assessment also focused on one indication for the two drugs, non-valvular atrial fibrillation, because it accounts for the vast majority of the prescriptions written for both drugs. ICER compared each drug to warfarin and dabigatran, two drugs that are both available generically. The results of the analyses determined that both Eliquis and Xarelto warrant a substantial premium to warfarin, but only Eliquis was determined to warrant a premium over dabigatran And that was modest. However, the price would likely be well below the current list prices of the two drugs on an annualised basis, given that the premium would be on top of generic prices for Warfarin and Dabigatran. Finally, biopharmaceutical business development professionals looked on uneasily this summer as the drama of the US Federal Trade Commission's review of the proposed Amgen-Horizon Therapeutics merger led to Amgen pledging to not bundle Horizon products with its own, the FTC rejecting Amgen's proposal and filing a lawsuit to block the merger, and then the parties agreeing to a settlement on 1 September, in which Amgen signed a written commitment restricting bundling of Horizon's top sellers, Tepeza and Christexa, with its own products. With the even larger Pfizer-Cgen merger still pending, the industry is wondering if the FTC-Amgen disagreement means a tougher environment going forward for biopharma M&A. The FTC and the US Department of Justice issued revised draft merger guidelines in July that led the Biotechnology Industry Organization to claim that some of the provisions would be catastrophic for the industry. For now, the Pfizer-Cgen combination appears to be on a smoother path to closing projected before the end of 2023. But questions around potential future deals remain, especially with the FTC also warning biopharma companies about potential enforcement actions for improper Orange Book patent listings. Scrip recently took the opportunity to discuss these issues with two biopharma industry observers who follow m transactions and trends closely. Dan Lepanto, who's Senior Managing Director, Healthcare Mergers and Acquisitions at Leering Partners, and Cody Powers, a partner at the consulting firm ZS Associates. For all the details of the discussion, check out the podcast in full, which is available on your usual platform. That's all for this week. Many thanks for listening. A reminder that the stories mentioned here are linked below and form just a small part of Scripps' global coverage last week. If you're an existing subscriber... Log in to access all of our content or take a free trial to see what you're missing. Bye for now.